Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sorry. That means I've got a sneeze I can clip out and add into your intro next time you're ill. Oh, yay. Hello and welcome to episode 257 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Kitty, kitty, kitty. Bex! <laughs> I like the way Dude. you always forget you put that meow on and say I my do. name. yes. You've also removed the crashing noise afterwards, which is appreciated. Well, yes, the crashing noise only goes on when I know you've been out there damaging yourself. But I was going to put a sneeze on because I know you've got hay fever this week. So I'm slightly hay fevery. I did do a little bit of work on the garden and stuff over the weekend to try and feel like I'd done something productive, which well, is obviously, yeah. obviously <laughs> backfired horribly in on my nose. I, I, as as most things do when you step to do something. <laughs> Pretty much. That'll teach me. That'll teach me to try to be productive. Yes, yeah, teach you to try and do something positive. <laughs> so um, apart from gardening, what else have you been doing? It's been a few weeks since I spoke to you, so quite, quite a lot has been going on. I played a brand new game on stream a little while ago called Alien Scumbags by Monster Finger Games. And that's a, an indie sort of 8-bit style run and gun platform shooter game but it's inspired by every sort of 80s horror movie that you've ever watched nice. and very very funny lots of puns lots of tongue-in-cheek stuff but all in sort of blocky pixely 8-bit format nice and really enjoyed it there's also got some bits where you can hide in cupboards from the attacking monsters <laughs> and aliens and things that are well, definitely not parodies of movie monsters you know i just automatically started hiding in the little cupboards and they were like oh yeah not everyone gets that mechanism and i was like i've been playing alien isolation yeah i was gonna <laughs> I was say you're used to hiding master, in cupboards. master at this by now <laughs> yeah it is 90% of my Alien Isolation gameplay. So enjoying that, you can shoot bits of the scenery in the game. It's really, really good fun. And actually quite spooky and scary for 8-bit as well. Wow. Whilst being yeah. very funny. Yeah, it, they've done a lot with the music and sound effects to make it feel kind of eerie and you've only got a torch to light the way and stuff. It's this weird mix of very funny and loads of puns, but actually genuinely quite in places a slightly scary, difficult platform shooter. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting mix. Uh, it's still a growing game. They've just released it on Steam at the moment, but they are adding more to it. So you can buy it now at a, at a sort of, I think it's just under a fiver or something. Oh, wow. But you 
get as they expand the game, you still get the rest of the game as well, even if you paid the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, sort yeah. of sort of equivalent of an early access style price. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that's being added to the game as we speak is me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So after I, I played the game and I, I got the developer to pop onto Discord and we spent the last hour of the stream just chatting and talking through everything and just did an impromptu indie dev interview, which was good fun. Yeah. And afterwards, I was like, this is really good. This game's much deeper and just more complicated and, and more fun than I realized it was going to be for this little sort of retro styled indie game that's been made by basically just, I think it's two people. Yeah. And I said, if you ever need any voice work, give me a <laughs> shout. I'd love to be involved in this. And they kind of went, well, actually. <laughs> so I'm now the voice of like the Tannoy system on the spaceship that's like, welcome to the Nostrami. <laughs> and we've got a few, got a few lines and stuff that have been worked into worked into the game at the moment so that was awesome. that was really good fun because i just said that kind of throwaway like you know feel, thinking they'd come turn around and say like oh yeah for games of the future we we might give you a shout and they were just like no actually this game needs a couple of things doing and i was just like yes where do i <laughs> sign up so i'm going to be the voice of the, the tannoy for the ship that's fabulous which is pretty cool so i got to do a few lines for that the other week and there's a little clip on twitter where you can you can hear you can hear my voice in the background um <laughs> so that's quite cool so next time i play that because i think it's next week or so they're adding that bit and another level so um wow yeah i've got to play the game and hear myself <laughs> which is both a dream come true and means i have to listen to my own daft voice a bit more so yes you know in the yin and yang of life isn't it <laughs> well yes but then you should be used to the sound of your own voice by now so <laughs> that doesn't mean i have to like it <laughs> no well that is true as well i don't think anybody I, likes the sound of their own voice i have no idea where anyone listens to me I, <laughs> I i i sound like this and i talk nonsense but apparently it's a thing so I'll, it's quite I'll entertaining nonsense though so you know <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. The last stream I did got derailed in the best possible way as well, which was good fun. Good. In, in what way did the uh, you, did your visitors manage to derail that stream? <laughs> well, we do on Fridays. We do the the retro ant stream streams. Yes. Full uh, plug using the name Tristabytes on antstream.com gets you 50% off for a year. And uh, it, it's thousands of retro games. You can stream them, yeah. you can play whatever you like. There's also leaderboards, competitions. I was involved in an asteroids tournament for a bit where <laughs> I, I was in 17th place very briefly. I ended up in 50th place, though. Uh, <laughs> I was going to yeah, say, from the few bits... It was just, just I... absolutely trounced my score I, I saw a couple of uh, you playing that a couple of times and dying horribly very very quickly so not yeah, like surprised in my defense i'm both terrible at asteroids yes. that's the base secondly the asteroids tournament was a challenge tournament so it's a pacifist run no shooting right. and secondly whenever you move you're instantly at full speed ah okay yeah that's quite difficult yes so <laughs> it was it's a combination of trying to slow your ship down by doing quick turns pausing and then playing chicken against the asteroids because you're not allowed to shoot them. So you're fine until you panic, at which point you're just zipping around at full speed until you, you fly into something. I managed about 37 seconds, and one of, one of my viewers called Grail managed 112. Wow. So that, I ended up in 50th yeah. place. <laughs> that's quite impressive. I mean, that's asteroids was never the easiest thing to control in the first place. So, you know, that's that's still quite amazing. He was also not happy with that score and thought he could have done better if the tournament had lasted longer, which didn't at all totally kick me bit while I was <laughs> <laughs> and 
And uh, as well as doing a bit of that, I've been playing runs throughs of Metal Slug X. And on Friday, I was feeling a little bit under the weather and very, very tired and was just not doing as well as the week before at this. And um, was like, okay, I think I'm just not going to do well on this. I let viewers suggest another few games that I can try out because I let I let people just send me whatever games are on Antstream. They can send me the name of one they used to play when they were right. a kid and give it a go. And um, then somehow, I can't remember how the segue happened. Do you know when you can't remember how something <laughs> got from point A to point Z? Yes. We started talking about an OS variant. It's like a top layer that goes on Windows 3.1 or Windows 95. Right. It's called Windows Bob. Right. Okay. Uh, it's the OS sort of overlay that makes it friendlier. Read totally unusable, ridiculously power hungry, covered in graphics. Right. And just, it's an animal animated room it's based on clip it which most people call clippy you know the thing right, everyone yeah, hates yeah. yes the the annoying little pop-up of hey i see you're writing a document that one yes so that put an entire os based on that principle oh my god yes <laughs> and we went down the rabbit hole of looking this up on the internet and that was a wonderfully fun and educational because I, I mean I, i'd like to think i know a reasonable amount about computer systems and os's and you know these kind of things it's an industry i've worked in for a long time but i personally didn't know there was a thing called Windows Bob that was um, the reason for Comic Sans' existence and has a logo that's basically the acid face with sunglasses on. Yes, it's more nerd glasses, isn't it, than sunglasses? But yes, I have a very vague recollection of this somewhere in the dusty, dark parts of my memory. I vaguely... Yeah, tried to black it out and now I've brought it back. Yeah. Wow. It's very, very bizarre and you look at it and you're just like, that's clearly 100% a terrible idea. So yeah. of course they made it and it was very expensive and it, it wasn't on the market for very long yeah no absolutely That's, that yeah. was good fun that sent me <laughs> down on a whole tangent of looking up things on the internet and um, yeah that was very good fun I, <laughs> I enjoyed it greatly uh, watching things wise I'm patiently waiting for the Umbrella Academy yes and um, have been watching a bit more of Snowpiercer how are you getting on with that I really like it yeah I've been really enjoying it as well I really like it so I've been sort of like being slightly annoyed by the fact you have to wait a week for each episode at the moment because yeah. I don't want to watch it. I, I don't always have time in a week to watch one episode of a TV series. So sometimes that means I have to wait two weeks to watch an episode, which is not what this week by week release thing is supposed to be. Yes, absolutely. Um, that's slightly frustrating, although I understand why from a from a business perspective, they, they do like to do this. But I'm hoping Umbrella Academy will be released in one massive chunk so I can it just will watch be. that yeah. at my leg. Yes, it will be. So um, yeah, that that will all drop as a box set. They Amazon have started moving towards this idea of, or certainly with the boys, they're releasing it the same way Apple do theirs, which is releasing the first three at once and then releasing the rest of them weekly afterwards. So I don't know whether that's what they're going to do on various things moving forward but that's how Apple have always, always released theirs. Thankfully, Netflix have not gone down that model yet. So it's only when stuff is bought in from US networks that you end up having it come on Netflix weekly. So mm. uh, hopefully they'll keep 
doing it as as just dropping the entire box set. Anything else? Is, is that not enough? No, no, that's plenty. Yeah, that's just, just every week you're like, anything, anything else? It's no, like, well, I, I don't want you to do this. You've not seen the size of my lawn. That took a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do mine as well. For me, gaming-wise, I've been flipping around trying to find something that's kind of really going to obsess me a bit like some of the other games have recently because I'm sort of off the Anno stuff now. I've been playing that mainly for the last few weeks and uh, I've, I'm have kind of... Have you stopped playing Saturday? Satisfactory now. Yes, I've left Satisfactory. I'm waiting for some more updates on that. It is now out on Steam, though, and I'm kind of tempted to maybe buy it on Steam if they start allowing them to use the Steam Workshop, because at the moment it's not connected to the Steam Workshop, because, you know, the Steam has this setup where if people build mods and stuff, they have a workshop system, so you can upload the mods and, like, easily install them and uninstall them through Steam. And if they decide to incorporate that i'd be quite tempted to uh, use the steam system rather than the epic game store because i'm not a huge fan of the epic game store it's got some great stuff on there it's got some great deals but the interface is nowhere near as kind of polished as steam is so i'm sort of tempted to get it together on steam if they do that but for the moment no i've kind of played around that with that quite a lot the one thing that has popped up this week that i wanted to give a try was starbase startopia do you remember the original startopia game rings a bell but i don't think it's one i played it was one of these building games as many of the games that i play are it's by a company called mucky foot productions they were ex bullfrog people if you remember that company um and it basically you're in charge of a space station and it's quite a comical funny yeah did space it have station. quite wacky visuals yes had quite sort of strange wacky visuals and you've pretty much got to sort of set up stuff inside the station for them to do and you can grow plants and things and you hire your sort of workers so it's sort of a business simulation thing of a space station is essentially what it is come out with a a new version version of it it's in beta release right now and you can get into the beta if you pre-purchase the game which is due to come out towards the end of the year at some point but they are running betas right now which is the first sort of few levels so i'm playing around with that i have very fond memories of the original game and it seems to be on the right sort of track the interface is a little bit janky in places at the moment and there's obviously some polish that needs doing on it but there's a lot of humour in it. They've got a very sarcastic robot that is the sort of or AI robot voice that they use, which is brilliant and very funny. I'd like to see a little bit more humour in the characters and the animations and stuff. But, um, you know, overall, it's it's been quite good fun playing around with that. If you like those sort of building games, which obviously I do, it's a good starting point so far. I, but as I say, it's still in development, so I'd need to see a bit more of it really before i could make any clear judgment on it so that's where i've been gaming on tv wise hamilton of course as i mentioned last week hamilton launched on disney plus I loved it. I thought they've done a really solid job of capturing the theatre experience as best they possibly can in that. 
What really surprised me is, I mean, I obviously I knew Lim Manuel Miranda was Hamilton in it. Some of the other faces, like I knew David Diggs from Snowpiercer, obviously he's in it as well. He plays Lafayette and he plays Jefferson. The one face that did pop up that I was like, hang on, wait, is that a guy called Christopher Jackson? Christopher Jackson plays the character of Chunk in Bull, the CBS crime drama. And I had no clue that he was in this. And it was, you know, when he comes on, he's kind of, you know, he obviously is dressed up and you kind of look slightly different. I was like, wait, wait is that chunk? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I had no idea that's where he started. So um, I was really interested to see him on there. He's got a great voice as well. He plays Washington in it. But you actually look through the cast that's on there. They've all pretty much gone on to do incredible other things you know they've all gone on to tv roles or movie roles or all that sort of stuff as well and not necessarily in musicals you know they've they've gone on some of them being in musicals some of them have gone on to do uh, just straight tv and film things but uh, honestly it's a phenomenal phenomenal musical and uh, if you're a fan of Limbambar Miranda or if you're a fan of stage shows or just great great pieces of music it's well well worth going to watch each really solid addition to Disney Plus. In terms of other stuff, Warrior Nun got released this week. We talked about this, I think, last time you were on. Yes, we did. It had just been, I think it was the first time we'd, um, I'd heard it had been made into a into a series. So you've been watching it. Yes, I'm about four episodes in at the moment. It's really good. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It seems to be doing reasonably well in the charts as well. I think it was number three or number four when I last checked in the uh, Netflix UK chart. So it seems to be going down particularly well. It slightly alters the origin, I think, from the actual book, as far as I can tell. But it works. In the book, I think the idea is that she's been kind of chosen for this and was a nun and had been training her entire life and was sort of at an orphanage and then kind of went to Japan and got chained and then kind of came back in. You know, that, that's the sort of book version of it. What they've done for the TV show is they've changed that origin story. So it's a 19-year-old girl who had been in an orphanage, but she had been in a car accident with her parents while she'd been on holiday. Her parents had been killed. There were no other family. She'd been dumped at this orphanage at the age of 12 and was paraplegic and when she dies under slightly mysterious circumstances she ends up being sort of laid out in this church and there is this big holy battle that kind of starts on around her and she ends up with this halo which is this magical thing getting stuck in her back whilst she's dead as a way of them trying to hide it from the thing that's chasing them and it brings her back to life and that's the way they kind of do the origin for it in this so although it is changed from the original book I think it works quite well because you've now got a character where I, I think with the book version there's a lot of exposition to get through before you get to kind of the actual story whereas with this version you're in at the ground floor where she doesn't know what's going on the audience doesn't really know what's going on 
and you're along on that ride with her. So I think as a, as a starting point, it makes it work a lot easier. And there's also a certain amount of kind of buffiness to it in that she's quite reluctant about the fact that she's suddenly found herself with these weird superpowers and she's kind of doesn't know how to deal with it. So I, I think it works extremely well. There's an interesting cast of characters around her as well. It's a little bit slow to get going. It takes sort of three episodes really before it starts to kind of build a bit of a pace but I'm enjoying it it is definitely worth watching yeah it's an interesting one and it's another one of those things where we're having a discussion and I go huh that's the comic book I didn't expect to get adapted into a Netflix series and they just seems to be casting their net quite wide on quite a variety of stuff at the moment and I'm quite impressed Mm. by just the amount of different things that are popping up as adaptations and um it's an interesting one because I'm not entirely sure it's something I would normally watch but I was a big fan of things like Buffy so if it has that kind of vibe to it then yeah maybe it is something that's going to draw me in plus somehow I ended up watching all three seasons of Sabrina so exactly yeah. <laughs> maybe there is more of a an appetite for the, the kind of magic and mythology stuff in myself than I'd realised yeah I think given that you did watch all of Sabrina and you I still don't know why but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah like you say you fan of Buffy as well there is a certain amount of that to it and I like the characterization I like her as a as a character I think she is really quite interesting there are obviously the actual order of the the sort of warrior nun order which is in the books as well that is still there so she's kind of has to end up I'm presumably by the end of the series, she's going to end up like properly joining this order. So there are a bunch of other girls around her as well who are also quite interesting characters. So there's a nice setup. As I say, the first couple of episodes, it's a little bit slow to kind of get to the point. So it takes sort of probably the first three before you you really kind of getting into it properly. But it is really really solid, and uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It's definitely Definitely one that I'm going to be watching to the end, I think, that. Um, the other thing on Netflix, which I started watching, was Unsolved Mysteries, which seems to be going down incredibly well. That's just fascinating. It's hour-long documentaries of these various unsolved mysteries. The clues in the name. Yes, pretty much. Um, <laughs> I think this was a show which had run on sort of various channels. I think NBC had a version, CBS had a version, Netflix have now got this as well, and they've got kind of a new version and, and it takes a look at cold cases, things where there have been, in some cases, strange phenomena. You know, they've claims of alien induction in one of them. In some cases, it's just where a person has mysteriously disappeared and looking at the surroundings or where there's been a murder where they've not found conclusively the person that did it. So it's just fascinating and really kind of interesting. So if you like those kind of true crime things, which I'm quite partial to the occasional true crime thing I, I found this really intriguing I'm quite enjoying that it is well worth going to watch if you've not seen it and as I say there is a mixture of some paranormal sort of stare as well so uh, that's on, on Netflix as well so that's all the stuff I've been doing this week and you've been doing this week and let's move on to some TV and film news Hold up 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So we start off the TV and film news with renewals, cancellations, and pickups. A few renewals. We've got Ozark, which has been renewed for a fourth and final season. However, they've also expanded it to 14 episodes, and it's going to be split into two halves of seven episodes each. They've done that with a number of shows for the final seasons, because that's what they're doing with, well, the next season of Lucifer, which is split into two bits. They've done it with some other things as well where they've kind of renewed it for a season, but then split the season into two halves, effectively creating two mini-seasons, which is a weird way of doing it, but that's what they're doing. So Ozark, he's back for a fourth and final season. You've got uh, the Kaminsky Method, that's been renewed for a third and final season. That's the Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin series. And Hulu has renewed The Great, which is airing on Stars Play over here. They've renewed that for a second season, which was quite a bit of a surprise, because I'm sure that was announced as a mini season in the first place or a mini series and they've now said that they're going to make more of it so uh, that is back in terms of uh, cancellations there is one and it's a bit of a surprise it's uh, Katie Keene which was the Riverdale spin-off on the CW and this is the first show the CW has actively cancelled since 2018 and the 2018 show they cancelled was Valor which was an army base or a helicopter pilots or something and it was one of those shows that went they announced it you like what the hell is that doing on the CW so wasn't a great shot when that one got cancelled I am very surprised that Katie Keene hasn't made it through because it's a spin-off from Riverdale its numbers were actually better than some other shows like Dynasty apparently had lower ratings than Katie Keene and it's a Belanti series and Belanti produces half the shows on that network already so I was rather shocked that they did this. I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan of Riverdale at this point. I think it went completely off the rails and I have no idea whether this was any good or not, but just seemed quite surprising that, you know, given the CW's generally kind of fluffy reputation for not cancelling anything, that seemed like an odd one for them to uh, pick out and decide to cancel. But um, maybe it was expensive to produce. I don't know. In terms of pickups, we have Alibi, the UK channel, has picked up three CBS drives. Why Women Kill, Evil, and Tommy. Tommy was a, a uh, Eddie Falco series where she plays a police chief, Eddie Falco from The Sopranos. That only ran for one season before it was cancelled, so they've they've picked that up so you can see the one season of that. Evil is essentially a supernatural X-Files, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, that does look like it could be quite interesting. Interesting for Alibi to pick that up. Why Women Kill is a, a thing that follows three different women in in three different ages Lucy Liu is one of the cast and I believe it's stories of why these three women killed their either respective partners or whoever it was it was a CBS All Access show that looks quite interesting as a series
series. So uh, I'm quite intrigued to see that as well. We've not got air dates for any of those, but um, they could be worth looking at. Evil, I think, might be one that maybe appeals to you. I mean, it's supernatural rather than sci-fi, but, you know. Yeah, I'm also quite a fan of Lucy Liu, so Why Women Kill and the fact it's set in different time zones yes. seems quite an interesting one as well. I quite like things that have compare and contrast narratives. So if there's people with similar motivations or differences between their motivations but doing similar actions across different times and places, like I actually quite like that narrative style. So I think actually that's the one that's jumping out the most at me. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I does just to look- throw you a curveball, just yeah. go for the non-genre one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a housewife in the fifties and then sort of a businesswoman in the eighties, and then there's somebody either you know nineties or modern day or something. It's the the idea, and it's following these three different women. But that that I think looks really quite interesting. As I say, it's the CBS All Access show, so but they're all coming to Alibi at some point this year. We just don't know when yet. They've not actually put dates out yet. Bull is returning to the UK, having been dropped earlier in the year by Fox. They've now, I think, decided, ah, we've not got that much content and decided to pick up the full season. So that will be returning on the 3rd of August, which the issues behind the scenes aside, uh, which there were some, but uh, I do do quite like that show and uh, it's quite enjoyable. So I'm quite happy to have that back. I know there's a lot of people that were looking for that to return, but that's 3rd of August at 9pm on Fox that is returning. Sky One has also picked up Prodigal Son, which is... This serial killer show starring Michael Sheen and Tom Payne, Tom Payne being the person that played Jesus on Walking Dead and Michael Sheen being the legendary Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen plays a serial killer. Tom Payne plays a criminal psychologist. The criminal psychologist also just so happens to be the son of the serial killer as well. So it's got a kind of Hannibal Lectory vibe going on to it. I'm told yeah, it's quite that almost good. reminds me of like the, the sort of cat and mousiness that we had in Death Note if you mm. remember the anime version not the uh, live action film version yeah. where you've got the police chief in charge of trying to find out who's responsible for a series of killings of criminals and uh, it's their son okay yeah so, so similar vibe but less less supernatural with demons I'm assuming but um, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, a more grounded version of that kind of narrative which is always quite interesting to see that kind of cat and mouse and people who have conflicting motivations and, and are usually somewhat blinded to the truth even when some of the facts start to add up because they're too close to the suspect. In this particular case, I get the feeling that it is slightly more a sort of Hannibal Lectory setup because I think mm. it's not him chasing the serial killer. It's the serial killer has already been locked up. So, um, uh, okay. and, and I think it might be using either a copycat sort of thing or, you know, that looks like it's quite good. It's another Belanti show. Their exec producers on it. It's uh, written by Chris Fedak, who wrote on Chuck and Deception and Sam Scafflar who wrote on Deception and Bored to Death as well so it's just kind of interesting writers Deception looked like an interesting show as well but didn't last very long unfortunately but this seems to have gone down particularly well it is penciled in to come to Sky One on Tuesday the 28th of July at the moment that is not a 100% confirmed date it may move from that date they may shift it back a bit but they have definitely got the rights to it it is definitely coming but if 
if it moves from that date, don't be overly surprised. But that is where it's been set at the moment. The last little bit of news is that Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki are both Yay! apparently re- returning to filming in August. It has been announced. So that is good news that they are going to be back, hopefully, sooner rather than later. Because Falcon and Winter Soldier was originally set to premiere in August. So unless they've only got tiny, tiny bits to do and they're not going to drop the whole thing at once and they're going to put it out weekly, which is what Disney Plus tends to do. So it is conceivable that, I mean, if they've only got a couple of bits to finish on the episodes, it is conceivable they could still be shooting next month and put it out weekly if there's 10 episodes and and maybe they've only got bits and pieces to do on the finale. It, It is conceivable that Falcon Winter Soldier could still come out next month, although I strongly suspect it's going to get moved back a bit. Apparently they were shooting in Prague before their lockdown. It looks like that's going to be back to filming in August and Loki will also be back to filming and that's at Pinewood Atlanta. (laughs) I can hear you googling tickets to Atlanta already. Um, (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. I'm I'm not hacking into their systems and trying to like accidentally reroute all of the uh, stars to my address to film here instead. (laughs) No, of course not. Of course not. You've got a green screen. That would be fine. (laughs) It would be fine. It'll be fine. I I think we could produce the series from here. The green screen's pretty good. I've got some lights. I could make them cups of tea. American, they wouldn't know my cups of tea are terrible. Um, I think it would work out. I'm I'm moderately interested, possibly, maybe slightly, a little bit excited about the fact that Loki might get filmed. You've also got WandaVision, they're saying, could go back into production this month, and Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. He's also looking back to get into production. Uh, That's shooting in Australia, apparently, that. So uh, it sounds like the Marvel Universe is slowly getting itself back on track, which is nice. On other news stories... NBC, after we went through all the NBC pilots last week, and there was a couple of shows, if you were listening to last week's show, that they mentioned that may or may not get picked up. They were still in a bit in limbo. One of them was called Debris. And I think we talked about this the week before, actually. They announced literally an hour after I finished recording the podcast with Daryl last week, it was about an hour afterwards, and they announced that they'd pick this up to series. So uh, Debris was the series which stars Ryan Steele as an MI6 agent called Fanola Jones and Jonathan Tuck as a CIA agent called Brian Viventi and they are two agents from two different continents with two different mindsets who must work together to investigate when a wreckage from a destroyed alien spacecraft has a mysterious effect on humankind. Somewhat in the vein of X-Files, Steels Jones is the MI6 rule follower while Tucker's Viventi is the headstrong smart operative who investigates strange occurrences for the CIA. I remember when we talked about this last you were like yeah this very much hinges on exactly what that mysterious effect on humankind is yeah it's going to be something that comes down to the writing of these two characters and how they play off each other and also yeah what what is the actual hook what is the mystery are we not going to see what that is for half a series and it's going to be a sort of big reveal and in that case is it going to be good or not or it's very difficult to tell from description exactly how this is going to play out but it's right written by Wyman and Fringe is good fun and Almost Human I thought was amazing and cut horribly horribly short Yeah. so I think that alone gives me the idea that the writing on this could be pretty fun and could be pretty good yeah 
The series does come from J.H. Wyman, who was writer, director, and showrunner on Fringe. So was basically, despite the fact that it was a J.J. Abrams series, was pretty much the man that was behind it. And he created Almost Human, which was that wonderful cop show about a cop and his robot android counterpart. I thought that was amazing, amazing series. So it's, it's such a shame that that got cut down. So well, Rianne Steele, who is the British lead, she has popped up on things like The Magicians, NCIS, New Orleans. She was in Holby City for quite a while. She was also on Crazy Head, which was that short-lived Channel 4 series. And I think it's on Netflix now as well. Jonathan Tucker was in Snowfall and City on a Hill. He's also been in Westworld as uh, Major Craddock in Westworld he was. And he's been on Kingdom and Parenthood and uh, apparently popped up in the Charlie's Angels movie as well. So, you know, they're both reasonably experienced actors. It's going to be interesting to see this come together. Particularly, I mean, I love Wyman's writing. I think that could be a really interesting show. That's coming to NBC. If it's on NBC, there is a, a possibility that we may get it on Sky One over here, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. ABC also announced their pilot orders. They've ordered five, rolled three to next season and dropped two. And actually, out of everything, the two that they dropped are probably the most interesting ones as far as I'm concerned. But uh, the five they picked up were Rebel, which stars Kate Sagal from Sons of Anarchy. She stars as Anne Rebel Bello, who's a blue-collar legal advocate without a law degree she's funny messy brilliant fearless woman who cares creatively about the causes she fights for and the people she loves if that's sounding very much like Erin Brockovich it is because it is entirely based on the life of Erin Brockovich and she is an exec producer on the series so essentially it's Erin Brockovich the TV series pretty much just it's a very fictionalised version of it which is fine and I think if you're going to put anybody in that role for a TV role Katie Sagal is, is exactly the person you want there she's a phenomenal good actress and I think that sounds like it could be a really solid show. There is one called Harlem's Kitchen which is Delroy Lindo from uh, The Good Fight as an exec chef and patriarch who runs a successful fine dining restaurant in Harlem with his wife and his three daughters but an unexpected death thrusts the family into turmoil and puts the restaurant's future in jeopardy as long buried secrets are revealed. Again it's a very vague kind of setup for that. It sounds like some sort of big family drama so i don't know we'll have to see so that's harlem's kitchen the next one is called bossy which is a multi-cam comedy that follows a diva boss with zero patience for working parents however when she adopts a baby herself she has a change of heart and she casts her mother of three assistant as an unlikely mentor and upending their office dynamic i'm kind of like yeah whatever but it does come from somebody who is a writer-producer on Friends and Speechless. And, I mean, Friends is obviously Friends. And Speechless, I thought, was an utterly brilliant series. So whilst I'm kind of a bit meh about the setup, I, I do rather like the sound of the person that's behind it. So I have to wait and see with that. That's called Bossy. Uh, there's one called Home Economics, which is a single-camera comedy which follows three adult siblings 
things uh, in very different financial circumstances. One is 1%, one is middle class and barely holding on. And then there's one who's very much sort of down and out. The only person cast at the moment is Topher Grace from that 70s show and the Spider-Man movies, who is the middle child and the one that's sort of the middle class middle child. Again, that's a comedy. I don't really have a huge amount of faith in that, but we'll have to wait and see. And then there's one called Work Wife, which follows a uh, platonic male-female team whose professional success and personal friendship and ability to share deodorant makes their lives work. Uh, It's set in the world of real estate. It's actually inspired inspired by the real life partnerships of co-hosts and friends Kelly Ripper and Ryan Seacrest and the real O'Neill's co-creators Casey Johnson and David Windsor so it's based around some of the experiences that they have had and they're all exec producers on it again it could be an interesting setup for one it's not massively my sort of thing I don't think but that's a comedy coming as well so those are the five that they're piloting the two that they actually decided that they're not moving forward with I think were the most interesting ones one which was the Belanti series The Brides which is this thing we've been talking about quite a bit which was the tale of Dracula but basically told from the point of view of the three brides that have managed to escape his grasp into the sort of real world and get on with their lives and I thought this was this was a really interesting idea because it was this sort of vampire soap they build it as it had a really good cast it was from Roberto Aguera Sacasa, who was one of the writers on Riverdale, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and Supergirl. It also had Gina Torres, Erin Richards, and Catherine Reese in the cast, alongside Goran Visnich, who was set to pop up as Dracula. So it had a really solid cast and had a setup. Yeah. And I'm, I'm surprised quite surprised that yeah. that's been cut off at pilot. Mm. That was something I thought would at least get to one series because it's kind of a bit different and fun and it had so many names that looked like they'd all work really well together involved. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of is it maybe not the year for it and ABC just thought that looks quite expensive and if it's coming from Belanti that probably means it's a Warner Brothers produced show so it's a buy-in show for ABC rather than one that they are producing directly which makes it more expensive at the back end that may be one of the reasons why they decided not to move forward with it but it's an odd one, that. Yeah, I wonder if they could shop it to anywhere else I at mean, this point. The logical place to shop it to would be either Netflix, where they've got Sabrina, or mm-hmm. you try and shop it to the CW would be the other obvious place for it as well. Yeah. It's then part of the, the Warner Brothers family. But yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that it didn't even get... I mean, I don't know whether they'd shot anything in terms of pilot-wise, but... I'm surprised that it didn't get further than that because it sounds like it sort of died at script stage, which is weird. The other thing they've dropped was 30-something else, which you might be old enough to remember the 30-something TV show. I don't think I watched it. I watched it a little bit, I think, but I mean, we were probably a little bit young. It was sort of aimed at older people when it was out because it was like 87 to 91. So we yeah, might so be prob- I would have been watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah. So would have been a bit young for it. Um, I w- I'm aware of it being on. I remember it being on. That's a follow-up to the original 30-something TV series. It was called 30-something else. The idea was to follow the kids of the original cast and 
I think the problem with this was purely cost because it was basically a had a large ensemble cast because that was sort of the point of it was it's this group of 30 something friends but on top of that you have the additional layer of the fact that they needed to get some of the original cast back to play the parents and because it had to be the original cast they can command quite a large fee for coming back and doing that so it was going to be quite expensive to put together for what would be essentially an unproven show because you've got the this young casting might be relatively cheap, but are probably relatively unknowns. So you're relying on the older cast to maybe draw the original, some of the original audience back in. And I mean, the original show was absolutely massive in America, particularly. I mean, it was quite big over here, but it was huge in America. So you would have thought it was worth them taking a punt on. But again, I think this could be another case of this is not the year to do it when everything's struggling a bit financially. So it may come round again at some point, but we don't know. There was a third thing called Valley Trash, which was a comedy as well, which was also cancelled. I won't go into that one because it's not turning up. But yeah, I, I think out of the things that they have ordered, I'm I'm quite interested to see Rebel. But the other stuff, I'm not overly bothered about. And again, no genre things. I mean, it, there wasn't, apart from The Brides, there wasn't really anything genre in there that they uh, they were piloting, as far as I can tell. But given that they cancelled Emergence pretty much straight away, maybe that's possibly a good thing. Yeah, and as you say, it's possibly not the year for some networks to be commissioning science fiction and things with uh, expensive special effects. Yes, quite possibly. So... Um, uh, anyway, I mean, we'll we'll see what comes out of that. There may be some other stuff that they've already picked up, but I can't remember with ABC. So certainly out of the stuff they have announced, I think Rebel sounds interesting. Moving on to other shows, one thing that has got me quite excited and they've announced is a Fallout TV series, which is in the works at Amazon. And it's from Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, the people behind Westworld. It's their production company, Kilter Films, are the people behind it. It may be a case that they are exec producing and not show running it, given that they've committed to all seasons of Westworld. Plus, they're also doing the peripheral as well. So they've got quite a lot on. It may be that they're just exec producing this rather than actually show running it. But uh, I mean, obviously, Fallout, beloved set of games. If you slightly ignore Fallout 76, the uh, latest iteration, which kind of was a bit hit and miss, but uh, certainly Fallout 4, one of the best-selling games of all time the games if you somehow don't know about them but i'm sure you all of you do set in an alt history they're kind of post-apocalyptic world where large numbers of the human race are survived by holding themselves up in underground bunkers called vaults in most of the games you play one of the vault dwellers who left the vault for the first time and is exploring the outside world which is sort of filled with mutated monsters and rad infected humans and bottle caps of the main currency and you also have this added the fact that vault tech the people that create the vaults often experimented on the people inside the vaults as well which is an interesting thing you can possibly play around with so yeah, um, all the nice standard sci-fi post-apocalyptic uh, yes. craziness i was quite surprised to hear they were making it into a series i think it's quite interesting we don't have like a, a generally huge positive reception to tv and film made from computer games for yeah. the most part and it's such a huge and varied world in fallout 
that it gives them quite free reign to to come up with something within that world without having to follow anything from the games too specifically. Yeah. So I'm quite interested in this one, but I haven't played a huge amount of the games. I've probably got, I don't know, 600 hours or something in Fallout 4. It's one of my most played games. So I've spent hours and hours and hours in Fallout 4 particularly. I've played a little bit of Fallout 76 and, you know, they've vastly improved on what it was when they first released it, but still not a patch on Fallout 4. And uh, Fallout New Vegas was brilliant. I've played Fallout 3 as well. So uh, they, they are games that I really love. I love the humour in it. I I love this the, the sort of dark, humorous tone that they've put across everything. Um, it, it's got this really interesting visual style to it as well of this sort of 1950s atomic steampunky thing going on. With Yeah, with- I think a lot of people will recognise some of the graphics and some of the new Coca-Cola stuff and those things, even if they don't know the game. It managed yeah. to work its way into sort of pop culture knowledge for the for the masses even if people didn't play games because it has that strong a sense of visual identity yeah so it will be really interesting to see where they go with it i i think least join donison nolan could be great as exact producers on it i would love to see somebody with a dark sense of humor take over it the person i would really like to see show run it would be eric kripke who obviously has a connection to amazon because he's the person behind the boys i would love to see him bounce backwards and forwards between the boys and this i think that would be a great fit because it would bring that right level of dark straight face satirical evil humor to it which i think would be a really nice undercurrent to the show yeah and i think it could do with the weight of somebody like lisa join jonathan nolan behind it to help craft the world because I, I think Kripke is a brilliant brilliant writer but he's also a wonderful collaborator as well uh, you know I loved his original story for Supernatural but I've really liked his other stuff like Timeless and Revolution but he's done a phenomenal job with the boys and it needs somebody with that dark level of humour to be able to tackle this and I think maybe Lisa and Jonathan have some of that but i i think you could do with a showrunner of of that sort of twisted mindset as well yeah so. maybe like a you know if they could get charlie brooker in to co-write a couple of episodes that would mm. be awesome as well that would be another good fit for for that world he is a big gaming nerd as well so i mean somebody like charlie brooker would be amazing on this yeah i, I would love to see him get his hands on on a world like that and get to write some of it i suspect he wouldn't be brought on as a primary writer for the whole thing but it would be lovely to see somebody like that be involved in some way safe or form because it's just it's just such a perfect fit yeah We'll have to see how it actually pans out. As I say, it's Kilter Films that are making it, which is Nolan and Joy's company. They are honours producers, not necessarily as showrunners. We'll have to see where it goes from there. But yeah, that's definitely going to be one to watch. They have ordered a series, or they have given it a series commitment. So it sounds like it is definitely coming this isn't just a sort of i mean it could fall apart still but it sounds like it's definitely coming they have committed to making a series out of it don't know when that will land it could easily be 2022 before we actually see anything of it but uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see the other thing that Lolan and joy are working on is a, a version of the peripheral as well they're in pre-production in that so they've got a lot on their plate right now <laughs> 
Moving on, it was announced that David Farr, who was the writer of The Night Manager, more Tom Hiddleston, uh, is developing an adaptation of the classic sci-fi novel, The Midwitch Cuckoos. You might not know the name The Midwitch Cuckoos. The chances are you know the film versions better, which were called Village of the Damned. The novel is set in 1950s rural England, where a strange incident at a village of Midwitch leaves all the women of childbearing age pregnant. The children are born, they appear normal except for unusual golden eyes and light blonde hair and pale silvery skin. As they grow old, they begin to show strange powers and it becomes apparent they may not be of this earth. So if you've seen Village of the Damned, you know what that setup is. Uh, David Farr also wrote Hannah as well, the Amazon series. This seems like a pretty solid setup. And I I can see this working as a probably a mini series more than, well, maybe an ongoing thing, but certainly a miniseries. It's writing this for Sky, though, apparently. Could be an interesting one. Um, anything that's kind of got such a strong underlying kind of horror type, you know, mm. with a plot reveal like that, it's difficult to make it a really long, ongoing series because yeah. after you get to the reveal, you either then stop or you then have to delve massively deeper into what happens next, for which there is no book material, I don't think. So that will be an interesting one if they decide to make it a long running thing because they'll have to expand and sort of, I guess, change the tone. Or are they going to assume that everyone knows the twist and they're going to put that quite early on and then make it what happens next kind of as, as a plot development? I think that they've got to assume that people know it. In actual fact, I mean, I, I don't know when it's revealed in the book, but, you know, there is obviously an alien. I, I think in the book it is, there is kind of a, an alien egg or something that lands in the middle of the town, like a, you know, there's a totem or something. So it's fairly obvious it's aliens from kind of quite early on. So mm. I think you can probably do that. And as people will know the story of Village of the Damned, I think. Going back to the original source material is fine, but um, yeah, the, apparently Wyndham started to write a sequel to it as well so there may be if they can get a hold of some of the stuff from that it maybe you could expand it a little bit more depending where he was going with that but i think it's an interesting one but it's it's been written by david farford sky at the moment so i mean that's got a sort of sky atlantic written all over it i'd rather suspect maybe sky mm. one but probably sky atlantic that would be one to look out for. Don't know when that, again, is likely to land, but it is one that looks interesting. Uh, and uh, lastly, Comedy Central has given a two-season order to a reboot of Beavis and Butthead from Mike Judge. I assume you remember Beavis and Butthead. I do, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for the younger people among you, they, they were launched in um, 1993. They were very much a sort of zeitgeisty pop culture phenomena by Mike Judge, who is gone on to create some other wonderful things afterwards. It's centred around two teenage catch potatoes called Beavis and Butthead. They pretty much invaded most of the pop culture of the sort of late Gen X people as well. Well, the idea with this is that they're going to update it. So then rather than being sort of Gen X generation, they're going to be more Gen Z. So it's going to be kind of TikTok and online stuff and phones and all that sort of thing. So I could barely cope with them the first time around. <laughs> I'm really not sure I could cope with them being this generation's version of annoying 
teenagers. Uh, yeah. You just you couldn't really turn on MTV without without them being there in some way, shape, or form at the time. And weirdly, I'm pretty sure that Daria was an offshoot from Beavis and Butthead as well. It may very well have been. I don't. I'm remember. pretty sure Daria turned up in a couple of episodes of Beavis and Butthead as a kind of counterpoint because she's so dry and sarcastic. Right. And, uh, Maybe. And yeah. um, then span off into another series. And and Daria was an amazing series. I very 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 much love and that's probably the only reason I could tolerate the existence of Beavis and Butthead because I very much just constantly want to punch both characters in the face yes which is kind of how you're supposed to feel about them but yeah I I find it (laughs) I find them irritating but in the non-entertaining way but they are still seminal animated Yes. You know, teenage adult humor kind of cartoon characters and i'm sort of it's morbid curiosity that makes me want to see this, this yes. new version yes i kind of with you on that i felt very much the same way as i watched them a little bit and there was odd little bits of humor which i quite liked but they were extremely annoying and he kick-started mike judge's career though and he went on to make king of the hill or co create king of the hill and the brilliant silicon valley as well so you know it was sort of good in that respect but yeah and they were iconic iconic characters it's interesting that they've got that much confidence in it that they've ordered two seasons and specials and and spin-offs and other things for it so they're really going full steam at it uh this is comedy this is comedy central in the u.s as well so there's no guarantee it'll end up in comedy central in the uk but because we were supposed to be watching it to be kind of laughing at people our own age which would imply that this new version is for younger people to be laughing at people their age rather than aimed at us to be laughing at the next generation I, i'm just, just there's gonna be lots of people talking about this in terms of like zeds and x's and generations yeah. and things so i'm curious to know who it's written for is well, it written for us or is it written for a new generation to find this cartoon and identify or and laugh at slash with whatever it was at this one in the way we were at the original they apparently are, are trying to aim it at the gen x parents and the gen Z kids so it's trying to do both which i'm yeah, not sure how that that's gonna difficult. work yeah i'm not sure how that's gonna work interesting anyway uh, don't know when that's probably gonna land it may i mean it could conceivably be later this year but it may be next year when that turns up but uh, they have already ordered two seasons of it so yes expect to see bb some butthead head back to your tv screens at some point in the not too distant future so that's all the news we got for this week. Let's move on to the highlights for next week on TV. Highlights for next week. We have a few shows returning and a few new things as well. We've got Miss America, which is coming to BBC Two on the 8th of July at 9pm. This is the true story of a movement to ratify the Equal Rights Amendment and the unexpected backlash led by a conservative woman called Phyllis Shuffly, played by Kate Blanchett. So uh, that's a little mini-series. It's it's an FX show in the US and uh, it's one of those series. So that looks like it could be quite good. FBI Season 2, that returns on the 9th of July to Sky 
Eyewitness, and uh, you can find that at 9pm. Get Shorty Season 3 turns to Sky Atlantic. That's on the 9th of July at 9pm. Uh, Roswell New Mexico Season 2, which is basically going to follow directly on from Season 1. That's been great, actually. I've, if you're looking for a kind of good sci-fi series that's like fun and easily watchable, that's on ITV2. Second season is on 9th of July at 8pm, but you can go and kind of get catch-up stuff on Season 1. I don't, have you watched any of this yet? I haven't actually seen any of it yet. Um, how kind of young adult teen drama is it? It, it actually isn't because okay. they aged everybody up. You know, it's based on the Roswell High books yeah. originally. Rather than being teenagers this time, they've aged everybody's kind of mid-late 20s. So it's them coming back. It starts off with them having been teenagers in school, but they've kind of moved it everything forwards 10 years. So okay. it starts off with somebody coming back to town, having left and she returns. And it, that's the sort of thing that kicks off everything. So it, it's far more in the sort of supernaturally kind of bracket than being a angsty teen drama bracket. Yeah, I wondered if it was going to be a little bit, you know, smallville in tone. But yeah, OK, uh, no, maybe it, I've written that one off too soon then. Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it because I thought oh, I'll watch a few episodes of it and see what I think but um, it's on ITV2 it beyond catch up so I, but I don't know how long the episodes are on there so it might be worth going to check but uh, yeah I've been thoroughly enjoying that it's really easily watchable they're running it out nightly so you can kind of go and like just binge through it pretty much you can binge through the first like eight or ten episodes or whatever it is they've already released but um, yeah season two is arriving on the 9th of July and that's basically a run straight into the back of season one well worth watching Roswell New Mexico it really quite surprised by it it was really good then over on Apple TV they have Little Voice season one of that which is a half hour dramedy from J.J. Uh, Abrams co-created it's a love letter to the diverse musicality of New York City and explores the universal journey of finding your authentic voice in your early 20s I'm not hugely interested in this but uh, it is coming to Apple TV Plus on the 10th of July then we have P Valley which is a hour long drama set in a, a little strip club in the southern states of America that's coming to Stars Play on the 12th of July that's called P Valley then we have Miracle Workers Season 2 Season 1 of this was utterly brilliant it's an anthology series it's called The Dark Ages I think the second season so it's set in the Dark Ages that's coming to Sky Comedy on the 13th of July at 9pm and then we have Plot Against America which is coming to Sky Atlantic this is a limited series set in alternative American history which centres on a Jewish family in New Jersey who watched the political rise of Charles Lindbergh that looks like it could be quite good and in that sort of man in the high castle kind of alt history vein so uh, it looks quite interesting but that's 14th of July that arrives and that's Plot Against America so that's everything we have for this week. Unless you've got anything else you want to mention, like where people can find you. Probably be a good idea, wouldn't it? Mm. Um, I'm called Trista Bites, spelled B-Y-T-E-S, because I thought I was being funny over on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Also, I've got four and a half years worth of videos up on YouTube, a load of stuff over on geektown.co.uk as well. And I'm on Twitch almost daily at the moment, broadcasting, doing a mixture of just chatting streams, talking about comic books, movies, 
movies, TV, all kinds of nostalgia, uh, and apparently also uh, Windows operating systems, as you heard at the start <laughs> of this podcast. Yes. And uh, where, wherever wherever the tangents take us in general, and I do gameplay streams with a mixture of gameplay and chatting in the evenings. And the other thing we're doing at the moment is to celebrate my one year anniversary on Twitch. I'm fundraising for the Samaritans. So we're oh, wow. doing that during the week and on the Saturday, the Saturday streams where I play Alien Isolation. Oh dear, help me God. The donation set off jump scares. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's what I'm doing this week. You may never see me again after that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, hiding in a cupboard somewhere. Yes, always hiding in a cupboard. They're, they're the promotion- for a good cause. <laughs> yeah, hiding in a cupboard for a good cause. <laughs> yeah, we're at just under £1,400 raised so far. Nice, well done. £2,000 total for the month. So doing okay. Yeah, well done. That's that's good going and great cause to be donated to. So yeah, go and check Bex out on that. They are very, very funny here streams. So well worth going to watch and listen to and uh, stuff. If you want to check out other people involved, you can, of course, go and find Daryl over on Hollywood News Source. You can find Matt over on Entertainment Talk. That's entertainmenttalk.org, who's got lots of podcasts over there as well. For us, you can visit the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk everybody stay safe out there if you're going out please keep your social distance even if you're drinking i know places are open again but the virus is still out there please be careful enjoy yourself have a good time and we will see you next week Bye-bye. bye bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.